0: David Lesh teaches Middle East history at Trinity University in San Antonio, Texas. He's met with Syrian President Bashar al-Assad on numerous occasions over the years as part of research for his books about Syria. His latest book is Syria, the Fall of the House of Assad, which is coming out in August. So, David, we're hearing a lot about the Shabiha, a uh, militia group tied to the Assad government. So they're said to be behind the latest mass killings in central Hama province. Tell us who the Shabiha are.
1: Well, the Shabiha, the word itself in Arabic means ghost, so they are you know people and individuals that are are not necessarily seen and uh, and hide behind the scenes and These are irregularly units of civilian militia, maybe even paramilitary units who fanatically support the regime, who have carried out reportedly gruesome atrocities uh, during the uprising against uh, opponents of the regime with with the regime basically turning the other direction because they don't mind at all the, the level of fear that the shabiha are instilling. And the, the word itself goes back to the 1980s, and they're mostly composed of Alawites in northwestern Syria who were engaged in a, in a realm of uh, criminal activities such as extortion connected to smuggling goods across the Lebanese border. And it seems to be that many of these Alawites, uh, many of them poor, are involved in these activities just to get some sort of salary. Mm. Uh, But they're also fighting from their perspective for their own survival out of the fear that extremist Sunni elements would wipe them out if the Assad regime falls. And of course, the Assad regime's propaganda is saying that exact same thing and and therefore encouraging the alliance in support of the shabiha.
0: So you, you say they fanatically support the regime of Assad, but how closely tied to the Assad government are they?
1: That's a little bit murky. You know, there was a I think there's loose coordination at best. There were stories emerging uh, last year during the early parts of the uprising of Syrian individuals in certain cities. They would get interrogated first by the military, then by intelligence units, and then by the shabiha. with the interrogation intensifying and and the people getting more roughed up with each succeeding interrogation. And so that suggests that there's not much coordination. And they appear to be tied to certain elements within the security apparatus and also to certain Sunni and Alawite businessmen who have reportedly taken care of most of the the payments or salaries of the Shabiha. In other words, they're not necessarily on government payroll. Hmm. But these alliances between the business community and these paramilitary units go back a, a long time. And perhaps these particular businessmen, again, Sunni and Alawite, are looking to protect their own privileged business access by employing these elements to support the government efforts to stay in power because their socioeconomic positions and status are based on the regime staying in power.
0: Has the Shabiha been established this way by the Syrian government to assume that plausible deniability, or is it truly a grassroots militia?
1: I think it's more so a grassroots militia that has been encouraged and obviously allowed to exist uh, by the government and, and therefore you know again they allow the government uh, uh that plausible deniability but also things could get out of control which is i think what happened at hala recently with the massacre you know the military did its thing which caused enough uh, civilian casualties but i think the shabihah followed upon that with the most gruesome activities and the execution style killings of of children and and other people and so Those excesses could get the regime in trouble because they do not control the data activities of uh, of these groups, and therefore these excesses could generate the humanitarian and moral outrage in the international community that could galvanize international military intervention, which the regime obviously does not want.
0: Now, earlier today on the BBC, former British ambassador to Syria Andrew Green said people like Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and Special Envoy Kofi Annan were barking up the wrong tree by putting pressure on Bashar al-Assad. Let's hear what he had to say.
1: He does not run Syria. He never has. He has been something of a figurehead, in my view. This is about a tough bunch of Alawites who have run the military and the secret police for 40 years who now feel that they are threatened, as they certainly are, and they will fight to the last.
0: Uh, David Lesh, do you agree with that comment?
1: No, I don't. I think Bashar al-Assad is definitely in control of uh, the Syrian regime and of their policies. I think uh, a while back, uh, he bought into the system, so to speak, uh, that system being a leeway, a certain independence given to the military security apparatus to maintain the regime in power and to get rid of, if not exterminate, domestic threats to the regime, uh, as well as external enemies that operate through domestic elements. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, the security solution aspect of the government uh, crackdown of the uprising was a push-button, convulsive response. It's a systemic response that Bashar agreed to, that a Bashar oversaw, because in order to succeed in the system, he had to conform to it. And I saw this personally over the years, where he bought into the idea of regime maintenance. So in, in one sense, the British diplomat is uh, correct in saying that the military security apparatus is prominent. It certainly is. But Bashar al-Assad has allowed that. And he has uh, overseen it and he has countenanced uh, their actions because he believes, I uh, really truly believe, that he thinks that the well-being of the country is synonymous with his well-being. And therefore, the military security apparatus is just following through on the overall parameters of the policy that he laid down.
0: You've met with Assad several times. How does uh, he actually address this control of power issue? Is he defensive at all?
1: He is. I asked him specifically about this issue on on several occasions, and while he will admit that uh, the security apparatus has engaged in excesses from time to time, he also, on the flip side, says that, uh, you know, Syria is in a dangerous neighborhood, and the security apparatus and and its offsuits, such as the Shabiha, perhaps, are necessary evils in order to exist and survive in a very, very tough neighborhood. So, you know, that was always the question. If, if the regional international environment becomes more friendly, would he rein in the security state? Uh, would he implement the changes to make uh, Syria much more pluralistic and democratic? But it seems that we never got to that point. And uh, they always certainly had the excuse that there were security threats all around. And, and it's a very paranoid regime to begin with. So they always have that at their ready disposal in order to implement and use the military security apparatus.
0: Have you, David Lesh, in your meetings with Assad, uh, noticed perhaps an evolution of his thinking when it comes to his power in Syria? I mean, is there kind of a before and after Assad?
1: Yeah, for me, it was when I saw him uh, during the 2007 referendum when he was, quote unquote, reelected for another seven year term. And I met with him and amid all the pomp and circumstance, which he had eschewed up until that point, in terms of support for him and, and outpouring of, of uh, love and fanaticism in terms of uh, supporting him. And, you know, he had a very emotional, almost cathartic moment with me in the sense that he believed it all. You know, before that time, I always thought he took it with a grain of salt. After that time, I think uh, you could say that he had uh, drunk the Kool-Aid of, of power. At that moment, I remember thinking he's going to be president for life. You know, no longer is he the the humble self-deprecating you know ruler who accidentally became the president of of Syria this is someone who had bought into the whole idea who was much more comfortable with power and uh, i think was starting to believe all the propaganda surrounding him and all the sycophants who were praising him on a daily basis which is which is human nature you know even the most benevolent of of dictators i think fall into that trap that aphrodisiac of, of power and authoritarianism that leaves them in a direction away from where they originally wanted to go.
0: David Lash, author of the upcoming book, Syria, The Fall of the House of Assad. It's published by Yale University Press and comes out in August. David, great to speak with you. Thank you.
1: Thank you.